Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lita Morgan. I kind of like that. Wow, that was the... I'm going to assume that was a Springsteen impression. <laughs> You're an asshole. You're the worst. No. I, I, I'll, I'll try again later. Like, I'll, I'll keep trying throughout the episode. I'm Lena Morgan. Hi. Hello. And this is Song versus Song, where we are uh, doing a good one today. We are doing Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen versus Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young. Lena, I got to tell you something. These songs are not actually pro-America. What? They sound like they're pro-American, but they're not. But Ronald Reagan loves Born in the USA, and Donald Trump loves Rockin' in the Free World. How could they not be the most American songs? These wonderful patriots love these not very even patriotic songs. Uh, That's that is true. I was like, well, I was like, wait, is Reagan or Trump not American? Uh, and then I remembered <laughs> that you were talking about Neil Young. No, Neil, um, Neil Young is a Canadian. These in case, are both, in case people didn't know. These are both great songs, though. Maybe Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump like these songs because they have good taste in music. I doubt it. Maybe they're so good that even if you don't have good taste in music, you like these songs. Maybe. Which do you like more than the other? Because this is an easy one for me. This is also an easy one for me. I can't wait to hear what you think. Uh, my <laughs> answer is Born in the USA is the better record. Rockin' in the Free World is the better song. That's not what I wanted you to say. I wanted you to be the Springsteen person. Because we've been talking about Springsteen for the longest time because you keep bringing up that you're from some place that Bruce Springsteen is also from. Where's that? I can't remember. Huh. Well, I'm sure or, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out when we when I'm I'm on my twelfth or fifteenth Neil Young impression. <laughs> it's going to be a great episode. Born in the USA. Oh, I, I have a specific thing in mind. I have a specific thing I'm going to do, which is not Neil Young singing Bruce Springsteen. But we'll get there. Um, what is your opinion? Are you also going to come down on the Neil Young side of things? I suspect you are. Yeah, although. The great, more episode, I great episode over, Todd. It was a good one. When I picked this uh, episode, I was pretty solidly Neil Young on the Neil Young side of it. And the more I think about it, the more that gap closes. Like, I think I am still rocking more in the free world than I am born in the USA. But like, man, it's I don't know, like I, my arguments feel a little weaker the more I think about it, the more I listen to born in the USA. Okay, I, I am willing to entertain that as a thesis. My reason why Born in the USA does not move the needle for me that much, and honestly never has, the the song, I mean, not the album, is because it's got this one thing, this one musical phrase, for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you really like... Dun, 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 enough that you would listen to it for five minutes straight? You're going to love it. Um, If that sounds tedious to you, uh, you might get bored of the song midway through. Because it's all it has to offer. with the USA. Born in East L.A. That's a Cheech Uh, Marin song. Well, let me say, it hits those two chords and that riff really fucking hard. Sure. Born in the USA goes hard. I think that... um, there's an interesting conversation to be had about 
like a lyric versus lyric because I think the lyrics of Born in the USA are probably its greatest strength. How so? Um, so is this just you not liking that riff over and over? No, it's not really that. It's more that uh, if you sort of look side by side, right? Like Neil Young is not as good of an economy of lyrics. Person <laughs> no, as, he likes as, his words. He yeah, likes so his it's words. like yeah, it's like. There's colors on the street, red, white, and blue. People shuffling their feet, people sleeping in their shoes. But there's a war inside on the road ahead. There's a lot of people saying we'd be better better off off dead. dead. Don't feel like Satan, but I am to them. So I tried to forget it anyway. I can't. It's like, it's a lot. And meanwhile, it's born down in a dead man's town. First kick I took was when I hit the ground. End up like a dog that's been beat too much till you spend half a year just covering it up. And then right into Born in the USA. That fucking kicks ass. That's if we're going by lyrics and the idea of like how you go from a lyric to a verse, man, I would give it to Born in the USA every time. Other than other than the the phrase about the yellow man, which I mean, again, like he's trying to express like the actual way that 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 people who were in Vietnam spoke. Not great, but like a reflection of reality. Still not a line that's aged well, but like, you know, I get it. I understand why it is what it is. It's a little blunt. Let me tell you something. My actual answer to this uh, is, is you know how we sometimes have the third party option? Mm-hmm. Someone suggested a third party that I kind of kicked myself for not thinking of, but go on. My answer to this question is good night, Saigon. Good night. That's by, right. By Billy, by Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel wrote a Vietnam about Vietnam vets song called Goodnight Saigon. It came out in the mid eighties. It moves. It's big and theatrical and stunning. And like, I don't know. I think that it's got a little bit of what Neil Young does and a little bit of what Springsteen does and a whole lot of obviously what Billy Joel does. I very rarely pick Billy Joel over Springsteen, but man, I think good. If you're doing a Vietnam song, "Good Night Saigon" is really something else. That's an incredible, incredible tune. Anyway, that's what. What was the actual third party option? Uh, "Pink Houses" by John Mellencamp. Oh, all right. I mean, really, obviously. Ah, oh, but ain't that America for you and and he uh, that one predates "Born in the USA" and "Rocking in the Free World." So. Uh, you know, Mellencamp is actually ahead of the curve of, for Springsteen for once. He's writing the the anti-American song you mistake for a pro-American song. Well, in fair in fairness, Bruce Springsteen was uh, working on Born in the USA for a while. And uh, Rockin' in the Free World was as much a song about um, Neil Young's displeasure with H.W. Um, Bush as it was about Vietnam. Yeah, I always forget that this is not an anti- uh, it's not an anti-Reagan song. It's yeah, an anti-it's an anti-thousand a thousand points of light. It always makes me th- whenever you see that line where he does the thousand points of light, I think of Dana Carvey in SNL. A, a thousand points of light. Stay stay the course. And they're like, you still look, it's the debate. It's him versus Bill Clinton. And they're like, uh, Mr. Vice Mr. President, you still have or whatever it is, like like you still have another two minutes to talk. And he's like, <laughs> I do. Uh, a thousand points of light. Uh, say, say the course. Say the course. I've, I don't just remember a, a real nothing burger. It's weird to think that there are people that hated H.W. Bush 
when like he's, I mean, he's awful, but like he's not awful in the way that Reagan was awful. George H.W. I know a thousand points of light because country singer Randy Travis uh, wrote a song that George W. Bush, H.W. Bush commissioned called Thousand Points of Light. What was the thousand points of light? Do you know? I don't remember, man. I was barely, a, I was, you know, I was born in 80. My awareness of American politics didn't really start until after Clinton was the president. And then, then I started being a little more politically aware. Uh, anyway, listen, I think my, my opening salvo is rocking in the free world goes somewhere. That's it. Why do I prefer it? I think that musically it goes somewhere, and the coolest part of that song is E minor, right? Dun 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 dun. It's well, it's, yeah, well, it's that, but it's also like because he doesn't go keep on rocking in the free world. Like that's not it. Yeah, it's that. There's also that dun dun and boom that yeah. E minor at the end, right? And you listen to it, and you're like, right? There's a reason they call this man the Godfather of grunge. Uh, I mean, obviously he had been, he had been called that, um, based on, uh, his seventies records. Um, I think an interesting thing to sort of note is that, uh, this song and indeed the corresponding album freedom was sort of, uh, I guess a return to form. I don't actually think the album is that great. Like it's a hodgepodge. There's like stuff that he has that are like from, like EPs that never got released in the U S and stuff that he had done with like another band that he had worked with on a previous record. And then like, so like half the album is like old materials and a cover. And then the rest of the album is new stuff that was specifically for the record. I don't think it's a bad record, but I think that the reason why people went on fire for it was because of the one song in particular and the fact that the record in general felt like 1970s Neil Young and Neil Young had had a real Paul McCartney of a 1980s, which is to say a bad one. He like Paul McCartney. He had a very rough decade. I, I was just thinking about this, but like Springsteen and Neil Young are simpatico in many ways. And you can imagine them like performing together easily, but like the big difference between them, I think I heard Springsteen say once, man, you know, this was before he became a big, humongous superstar. He's like, you know what I want? I really want one of those big pop hits, a big AM radio hit. And <laughs> AM radio. Yeah, I was like, he loved that Born to Run blew up, but Born to Run didn't like cross over to like the pop stations. It was, you know, an album rock station. It was like, man, I didn't get like that one song that gets everywhere on the radio. And Hungry Heart was going to be it for him. And it was like, okay, I got one. And then Born in the USA comes out, and he is like, that thing's packed with hits. Yes. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Jam-packed with fucking hits from beginning to end. Versus Neil Young, who never gave a shit. Yeah, I think, and and in general, but I would also say, like, the 1980s is kind of, um, I mean, it's an interesting time for both of them. Uh, I suspect, you know, I brought up Paul McCartney for a reason, and not just because I like to bring up Paul McCartney for yucks, but I think that, um, you know, an album like McCartney two is something that has come to be appreciated more over time. And I think that we're beginning to see that like something like, um, Neil Young's trans is starting to get like, Oh, trans is great. But like, it's an album that at the time was loathed. Oh yes. Absolutely despised. And like, and that was the thing is that Neil was kind of just doing whatever he wanted and was completely against 
the idea of making what people wanted him to make, which is to your point. Meanwhile, I think what's interesting is that Bruce Springsteen is not entirely different because while, yes, he did Born to Run, like once he did that, which is a very bright album, right? He does, I mean, literally the next episode, the next next album is Darkness on the Edge of Town. And then he really kind of follows that with the river and especially the album that was immediately before Born in the USA, which is Nebraska, which is like very much not my kind of Bruce Springsteen. Like the Nebraska and like goes to Tom Joe, like that kind of stuff yeah. doesn't really like I, I there's there's an audience. His most Neil it. Youngish type albums. Yeah, like I don't really like those very much, but like I don't look at Bruce Springsteen during that time and think, God, he was just so reviled. Um, you <laughs> no, know, he was never reviled. Like Bruce was allowed to do that strip back stuff. A thing to know about Bruce Springsteen, in case you did not know, is he had initially been sold to a negative for him. Uh, he'd been compared with Bob Dylan, right? Like he was like the new Bob Dylan and being sold that way actually did not help him. And in some ways harmed him at the start of his career. And eventually uh, after he had a, um, Tom Petty esque spat with the label that he was a part of. He finally started to be able to break out and do his own thing. And that is sort of where like Born to Run comes from. But what's interesting is that like he, when you get to like the river and Nebraska and stuff like that, um, he does, he's very Bob Dylan on those records. Like you can say that the, his, his most Neil Young, but like they're also very like that's that's him very Bob Dylan, right? Like very like stripped back. Nebraska especially is like such a stripped back record. Um, feels very like, you know, early kind of Dylan. And there are people that really like that album. Um, and there are elements of that album that you can hear in Born in the USA. But man, Born in the USA is like a perfect pairing of what he'd been doing in the 80s so far with the best of what he'd done in the 70s. Like it took me a while to really get into Born in the USA. I don't know. To me, like when I was first getting into Springsteen, I listened to Born to Run, and I was like, "Man, this is the one of the greatest albums ever." Everyone was correct, and I listened to Born in the USA, and I'm like, "This is the pop sellout album," and I wasn't into it as much. And I still wouldn't rank it um, super high among my favorite albums or anything. Uh, I like Dancing in the Dark. I like Bobby Jean, and the the rest I could take or leave. Oh. We we are going to part ways on this. <laughs> so Born in the USA was probably the first rock album that I was ever in its entirely exposed to. My grandmother loved Born in the USA. It's like her favorite album. And she every time I went over to her house, which was often, um, she would she would play this album and we would jump up on the bed and like dance around to it. And she gave me her cassette tape. She gave me her copy. I assume she probably wouldn't bought a second copy of it for herself. But like I it was probably I think the first tape I ever owned of a full album was Born in the USA. And I would just listen to it back to front because I had a very potent, very beautiful relationship with my grandmother. And uh, she was my favorite person growing up. And she loved that album. And so I loved that album. So that's yeah. sort of like I like I think like I'm going to come at it with a bit of a bias <laughs> and it's not even like a New Jersey bias. Like it's not even that. It really is. We, just said, that, we said the thing. Take a drink. 
take a drink, take a drink. I said, I'm, I'm from New Jersey, take a drink. But it really, this is about, um, this is about my, my grandmother really. Um, but I loved this album and I, I, um, I never liked the song born in the USA. I would skip past it, but I loved, um, I thought, man, cover me. Oh, what a great song. And I'll tell you something else, even as a kid, even though this is, this song is like the most dark fucked up Nebraska era song. Oh, I'm on fire. What a track. <laughs> Holy shit. Is that a fucked up tune? It's vibey, man. It's like, it's, it's the best, I guess that it's the best of his earlier 1980s stuff where like he goes to darker places, right? Like it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I also, I'll tell you as a kid, I really liked glory days. I'm not sure that I love it now as an adult, which is ironic. You'd think it'd be the other way around. I don't know. That's, it's such a dad song. Sure. But I, I don't know. I just, I like everything on this album for the most part, except for, I don't really like Born in the USA, and I don't really like my hometown. Sorry, my hometown. <laughs> I don't really like, I don't like my hometown of bleep New Jersey. Um, yeah. I just, but I think on the whole, it's a really strong record. I actually think it holds up really well. I, it's always going to sound like it came out in 1984 or 85, right? Like it yeah. sounds like the, the middle of the 1980s. Although I will say Springsteen is not really like representative of the decade as a whole. Like when I say it sounds like 1984, 85, I mean like it sounds like Bruce Springsteen in that time period and that he was so dominant at that time that it's representative of that period in the decade. But like, I don't know that there were a ton of artists that could do what he did, right? Like you've pointed out no. that that Johnny Cougar had put out a song that was similar, but like Johnny Cougar doesn't have Johnny Cougar. I like that you refuse to even call him John Cougar, let alone the name he actually goes by. Yes, by boy, he he was John, was he Johnny Cougar at the time? I'm trying to remember. I was trying to be period accurate at the time. He was John Cougar Mellencamp. Okay, all right, if you say so. Um, I just don't think that he has the juice that the boss has. <laughs> no, he just there's, doesn't have there, it. There's a there's a big difference between Mellencamp and uh, and Springsteen. I, I would not say they they are sim they are many similarities, but they are not the same tier of artists. I want to ask you a, a a question. When is the last? When is the first time you ever heard "Rockin' in the Free World"? Do you remember? Oh gosh, no! I was one of the ones I caught onto really early in my lear- learning about music phase. I don't remember when I would have heard it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you you heard about it from Pearl Jam, right? 1993, baby. <laughs> yep. I heard it in 1993 at the MTV VMAs. I'd never heard it before. They came out and played it. Neil Young came out and played it with them, and I thought, this fucking rules. What is this? I'd like, I didn't really like, I knew nothing really about Neil Young at the time. In 93? No. <laughs> I hadn't, I'd never, I don't even know if I'd ever heard of Neil Young. No, I, I, I watched that one recently for the Neil Young episode I did on YouTube and I was like, my God. Like, I'd always known Neil Young was just like a, you know, a killer guitarist, but like, he is like 
tearing that instrument apart. Well, and he was also matching that- their energy because I think like prior to them actually doing that song, like they'd already like just like thrown like a mic stand out into the audience and like like destroyed some equipment, you know, like he was matching their energy. And I think gleefully so, because he's already got that. He already had that, you know. Yeah, I mean, like he's already was already well known for his unhinged, violent guitar solos. That's yeah. I mean, the, but, the, the, again, Neil Young, quite famously, is referred to as the Godfather of grunge. Um, I think pretty famously, um, Kurt Cobain loved Neil Young so much that he like quoted Neil Young in his suicide letter. Trigger yes. warning for that. Like, sorry, should have said that at the start. Anyway. Um, but like Eddie Vedder and, and Kurt and a lot of those guys all, I mean, a lot of them knew they owed a huge debt to Neil. I think a lot of people, whether they said it or not, like that entire genre, that entire early 90s period of music wouldn't exist without Neil Young. And Rockin' in the Free World is, you know, for a time that Neil was not really making that kind of music, for him to come back and make that song was incredible. Because it felt like totally of a piece with the best of what he'd done in the seventies, and in some ways, I mean, like maybe one of his alt, like top five alt, most iconic songs. Well, here's my case for liking "Rockin' in the Free World" over "Born in the USA." You can't mistake the meaning of it. Like, there's, you know, I well, I guess you can, fucking Donald, fucking Trump, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I, never, never. Uh... Never underestimate people's ability for ignorance, but um, I would say. Well, let me say. Let me say like this: I don't begrudge people if they didn't get that. Born in the USA is not a straightforward patriotic anthem because it absolutely sounds like it is. It absolutely sounds like that. Yeah, I mean, also if it, you if you didn't if you didn't get what "Rockin' in the Free World" meant, if you didn't get that that line was sarcastic, you're a fucking idiot. How could you possibly mistake that? Well, Neil Young is much better at cynicism. That's the other thing, right? Is that like, I don't like listening to Born in the USA. I don't find it. I don't find it to be ironic. I don't find it to be cynical. I find it to be very heartfelt, right? Like this is strongly how Bruce Springsteen feels. He is pouring his, the blood out of his heart to you. Neil Young right. is like, anyway, fuck all of you. Like, <laughs> he just doesn't like people. By the way, do you ever think about how uh, the song by Nirvana, Polly, just sounds like a Neil Young song? I did not uh, think of that, but now that you mention it. Think, think about it. All right, so like if, if Kurt's doing it, right, it's like, Polly want a cracker, right? Like he's got that very like deep, like very yeah. like, but like if it's, if you just take it up, up, up an octave, it's, Polly want a cracker. Like, it's just immediately, it's a Neil Young song. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that Springsteen is not thought of in the same terms because, like, Eddie Vedder and Bruce Springsteen are also very simpatico, similar types of rock stars. They have the same politics. They have, like, the same approach to their politics. They're very earnest about it. Like, Eddie Vedder, I don't think of as, like, a cynical person at all the way that Neil Young is. Yeah, but, I th- so here's the thing that I think is really um, not – I don't know how much this is related to the songs, but it is a thing that it's hard not to think about. They're both such good live acts. This is a thing that's really challenging. Like, who do you even give it to, right? Like, I don't think I've ever actually seen Neil live and in person, 
I've seen Bruce, again, I am from the state of New Jersey, and let me be very clear about this. If you grow up in the state of New Jersey, someone will just hand a Bruce Springsteen ticket to you. <laughs> you won't have to pay for it. They'll just go, you're from New Jersey, go see it. Like It's, it's like living in Green Bay, you're automatically like an, an owner of the Packers. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I, I can promise you, I've seen Bruce Springsteen live. I have never paid for a ticket in my life. Never. Someone just always has an extra Bruce Springsteen ticket. You want to come see Springsteen? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, and Springsteen, his thing is that he and the E Street Band will just play anything, right? Like you can just shout out the name of a song they've never played before and they'll mm-hmm. figure it out in a couple of minutes and then play it for you and it'll be great. Neil Young is very electric, very like like you said, like he's got like that. Before, you know, Curtin and them were like busting up amps by throwing their guitars into them, right? That was that was like Neil Shtick first, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And I, don't, I guess it's it's the same thing where it's like the, 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 the one Bruce is this very sort of like all American good guy, very heartfelt, <laughs> very genuine, very hard on the sleeve. And Neil is... Bitter and angry, and if you also want to pay into your own bitter angriness, good news. Neil's great for that. He's very cathartic. Yeah, I, I think the thing about Springsteen is that when you get there, he will play the hits for you. He's feel good. That's it. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Like I don't. I'm, again, lyrically, born in the USA is excellent, and I actually think it has. As economy of lyric goes, I think it's the better song. But like you said, like if you watch the music video, it starts on an, on an American flag waving. It ends on Bruce Springsteen's butt <laughs> like he's George fucking Michael. Um, but a but a but American uh, and the American flag again. It's like he's he is the original America's ass. Yes, that is. I was actually thinking about this about Bruce Springsteen as Captain America. You said, like, this song isn't really that 80s. I'm like, no, it's extremely 80s. It's the most 80s song that's ever existed. Like, it is no wonder that Reagan tried to adopt this as his theme song because it sounds like a Reagan theme song. I was thinking about this. Does that make it bad or does that make it better? Or is it, like, clever, ironic? And I was thinking about, like, how Captain America is like a blonde, blue-eyed ubermensch, but he hates Nazis. Springsteen is the Reagan aesthetic used against Reagan. Part of me thinks that, like, a song that is that Reagan-y is not... It just doesn't work for me. And on the other hand, it's hilarious that there is, like, such a Heartland song that is so markedly anti-Reagan's America. Or, like... Reagan's America is bullshit. We're still got homeless uh, Vietnam vets laid off factory workers on the streets. I go back and forth on it. Like if I listen to born in the USA, it'll get me even though like I've always been kind of resistant to me. It'll get me. Those drums hit so fucking hard and it'll hit the same uh, buttons that like living on a prayer or don't stop believing or, you know, just unironic feel good pump up anthems do even though that's not what it's about. Well, look, here's what I'll say. Um, I, I still ultimately am always going to land instinctively on the fact that it having just the one 
basic phrasing mm-hmm. throughout the whole song, I I think wears me out. I think you could also make an argument that it that wears is, me down. Right. So I can't resist it anymore. I think that's interesting. What I was going to say is I think that there's an argument to be made that he's writing a song about people feeling trapped in their own circumstances. Mm-hmm. And here is a song that really is just repeating the one phrase over and over again. So it is like you're trapped in this one feeling that you're supposed to have, right? You're supposed to feel good about being born in the USA. You're supposed to be fist pumping to born in the USA, but it is going to wear you down in the sense that like also you're living in a dead man's town. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, everything else is also happening, right? So the harder you try and, and keep along with just that one phrase over and over again, the more exhausted you become. I don't know if that was the intention, but it does kind of accidentally or on purpose make you feel what the song is lyrically supposed to make you feel, which is like, I am fucking tired of pumping my fist about America. America <laughs> keeps screwing me. The, the the people misunderstanding what Born in the USA is about will always be a part of that song's narrative. And we can sit here and feel smug. It's like, oh, you don't get it. Here's what it's actually about. It's like, I, I read an article that was argued. It's like, no, people do get what it's about. Or if they tell or they don't care, it works exactly as well if you remain oblivious to the song's meaning. Well, I think people just and I, I can't help but hold it against I guess hold it against Born in the USA. I don't know. I think people just can't understand the lyrics when it first came out. Like people weren't <laughs> reading the lyrics, you know, it's like <laughs> you know, like hit the ground. You're like, got it. I got the word ground. We are the world. Yeah. We are children. <laughs> we're we're somewhere between Springsteen and Dylan because we cannot like scream at each other over the over our mics. That's true. It'll be, it'll to, be weird. Uh, I, I'll try and add into my repertoire, as you know. The the only two that I really do consistently is is Dylan and and Kermit the Frog. I've seen you do Born in the Born to Run a Karaoke, and you do that song real well. Oh, I mean, I do try to put a a, a little bit of the the. Springsteen on it. I mean, we love we love Springsteen here at Song versus Song. We really do. Don't get that mistaken. I I mean, again, I I think my argument is that I'm very pro that album, and I just think that Born in the USA as a song is too repetitive. That's it. Like it's there. I don't have any other argument against it. I just wish that it had a bridge. I wish it <laughs> went somewhere, and it just doesn't. And I find that that wears me out. It does uh, need like a, a, a solo somewhere, doesn't it? Does it have a solo? Uh, I don't know that. It no, really it just does. hits that riff again, and it, like, beep, if it, and the drums go beep, nuts. Beep, beep. I'll tell you what is the best. Uh, who's doing the best work on that album is the drummer, or at oh, least on that song. You're giving it to old Maxie, eh? Everybody loves Max is that Weinberg. Wein- is that Weinberg? That is Max Weinberg. Well, he's of, going of, fucking of the Max nuts. Weinberg Seven. He's going fucking nuts. On Born in the USA. Well, he's and, the thing is that at first it's just him going bap, bap. Yeah. So there's a lot of bap, bap, bapping. So like when he finally is given an opportunity to go crazy, he absolutely goes for it. He goes whole hog, which is wonderful. The best part of rocking in the the free world is the the guitar solo. It's again to me the best part of rocking in the free world is the chord E minor. 
Oh, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is this is the reason this song is great. And that's the the difference, right? Is that it goes someplace in its musical phraseology that you don't expect it to go. No matter how many times you hear it, it's still refreshing when it goes there. And Born in the USA is just this one thing, flat, all the way through, um, as far as the melody is concerned. That's it. Like, we've been talking for over half an hour. That's really all I can say about it. That's that's literally my argument for why ultimately I prefer one over the other. That's it. I like how cranky Neil Young is. Same. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's almost like a George Carlin routine going there. He's just like, we got department stores and toilet paper, got styrofoam boxes for the ozone layer. We got a kinder, gentler machine gun hand. This is primo shit from Neil Young. Uh, I I've, I've, I really love rocking in the free world. I think we got a couple comments on there that saying, like, I actually don't like the cranky old manness of rocking in the free world. That's what makes it great. The crankiness is what makes it great. I mean, we keep talking about the, uh, you know, the, the studio version, but, like, there were two versions of that floating around back when that. Yes. I mean, also, there's the fact, yeah, I mean, like, literally the album is it starts on the the live acoustic version and then ends on the electric version. That's studio, right? Yeah. And for the record, I would I would stand up for Freedom. Freedom is a good album. I don't think it's a bad album. I think that it's, Neil Young said it, it was like listening to the radio because, like, every song it was, like, kind of felt like a different, like a slightly different side of the dial, right? Like a different mm-hmm. station. And I, I don't know that I feel that way about every song, but I kind of get what he's saying. Again, it's a bit of a hodgepodge of a record because there's stuff that was on an EP that was released in like Japan that never got mm-hmm. released here in the States. And then there was stuff that he had recorded with um, this this other band on the previous record he'd put out that didn't make that record. And then there's, yeah, there's like On Broadway, which is a cover song, obviously. And um, that's like six of the songs, basically. And then the other half is stuff that he did specifically for this record. And like, as a result, it just, it's vibes, right? Like, yeah, there's no other singles. Like, I don't listen to it and go like, man, these songs sound like they could literally be on the radio, <laughs> except for Rockin' in the Free World. Whereas everything on <laughs> Born in the USA sounds like it could get airplay. and Could and, and did. Oh, I mean, good grief. How like many eight songs singles off of that? Yeah. It's obscene. Um so uh Dancer in the Dark Dancing in the Dark Dancer in the Dark. Good god. <laughs> uh that's a Bjork movie. Don't uh, excuse me, a Bjork movie. Don't don't watch it. Born um in the USA. If you if you want unless you want to be real depressed. So that was that yeah. that peaked at number 2, Cover Me, number 7, Born in the USA, I guess was number 9. I'm looking at the the font song facts here. I'm yeah. on fire. I'm on fire was a chart Topper. That's wild to me. Number six, Glory Days. Number five, I'm going down, 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 down. down number nine, down. and and my hometown was number six. That's a lot. Seven top ten hits off of that album. I think he had like basically like a year and a half to two years worth of just being able to have more singles coming out. That's like when No Doubt put out Tragic Kingdom and like toured it for like two years straight. This is basically what like why 1984 is just like such an insane year for pop music that Springsteen was like the third most famous pop star of that year 
in any other year, he would have been like bigger than any other human being alive. But like this was the year of Michael and Prince and Madonna. So he is. Although like, I will say Prince had taken over for a little while from him because Born in the USA was not the first track. It was not the first single uh, that was, in fact, Dancing in the Dark. So I think the when when they actually released Born in the USA as a single that he overtook Purple Rain again for a little while, like which is wild. What a wild time. Holy cow. That is incredible. Think about that. I mean, 1984 for many reasons is like, I think sort of notoriously like one, like from a pop culture standpoint is one of the most important years. in pop. Oh, yeah. It's like a fucking Godzilla of a year. And Springsteen was like a gigantic part of of that. And Neil Young was just never that guy. He, you know, he famously said, and like when he first started having big pop hits, like, well, I was in the middle of the road and uh, it was real boring. So I drove into the gutter. Yeah, I like Neil, but that's sort of him by intention. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, there's a here's a thing of note. When you listen to Born in the USA, you can listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> that's right. Neil loves to make it hard. He <laughs> loves to make it hard for everybody. Uh, I needed to find the, the, the Rockin' in the Free World clip for one of my YouTube videos. And boy, was that not easy. Like, did you go try and watch the the video? No, I didn't even. I I watched. Well, well if him you did, you would have failed. Jam. Okay, I believe you. I don't know why Neil got to be like that. Why do I have to buy a fucking title subscription to to stream your your stuff, Neil? I respect him. I respect Neil for being who he is. Yeah, I got. I have no like, other than the complaint of I wish I had easier access to the thing. I don't know. I respect I know. it. I respect Neil Young. I want to say he he like had his own like MP3 player that he was trying to sell that you could only his stuff was exclusive to that for a little bit. Rio. Sorry. No, no, I just I made I I named like the cheapest brand of doesn't really work. (laughs) Well, no, but but, like the pre iPod days, I want to say he had an exclusive player like Kanye does now for his for his stuff because he refused to let it be played in inferior quality like the streaming uh, sites do. And that was like the longest, like for the longest time, that's why it wasn't on streaming. It wasn't, it wasn't Joe Rogan. It was, I don't like your sound compression. That's what, re- that's what Neil does. Again, I respect it. I respect Neil does what the I, fuck he wants. As, as, as you know, I have very strong feelings about audio and video fidelity. <laughs> uh, anyway, listen, We've talked about this a lot, and I feel that we can do the questions now. I think we've reached question time. All right. Let us do the questions. So do these four questions. It's a, it's a means with which to take all of the nonsense that we've spoken about for however long and try and make sense out of it. First question is uh, one of these songs is going gonna, gonna to stick around. The other one's going away forever like it never existed. Todd, for the culture, which song has to stay. I, I think I think it's got to be born in the USA, right? So here's a question: What is what does Reagan get elected the second time without born in the USA? He was uh he was uh going up against Walter Mondale. The answer to that question is yes. <laughs> here's what I here's what I'll say to this: Maybe Walter Mondale would have won more than one state. <laughs> Still would have lost, but man, 
probably, maybe he would have won like one more state. Maybe he would have won his own state. I don't even think that happened. Um, anyway, yeah, you're right. I don't, I mean, I, I, lo- I love rocking on the free world, but the thing is, um, Neil Young would still have been the godfather of grunge without oh, it. Would he? Yes. Cause absolutely. he hadn't had a hit in a, a bajillion years without, uh, before rocking in the free world. But that's not rocking the free world is not the reason why he's that guy. Like Russ never sleeps, um, is sort of the thing that made him, um, known as that because if because he has that the use of like really sort of like distorted guitars and stuff like that like so i would say that yeah even if you subtract rocking in the free world so long as 1979's rust never sleeps uh exists he's okay well that tour where he also had sonic youth opening for him that was also a probably a big deal i yep for sure and uh, but like born in the USA is like a huge towering song, but I, I feel like Springsteen would have been exactly as big without born in the USA on that album. I don't know, I don't know about that. Born in the like USA, Glory Days is... would take its uh, place in the pantheon. I don't think so. It's not. It's not the same as. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know who Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is without Born in the USA. That's. I think that that song's a little too um, too career defining. Uh, that's my opinion. All right. Question number two: You can be a fly on the wall. You can experience soup to nuts, everything, including the music video, if you like. For one and only one of these two songs, Todd. Which one do you want to see? How the sausage got made? Hmm. I don't know. The entire E Street Band is there. That's a big deal. Although is is Crazy Horse on uh I like Crazy Horse. That, that, no is, Crazy Horse is, on that one. This is this is a post Crazy Horse era. I, I Springsteen seems like he'd be more fun to watch. Springsteen well, there's and also, the, there's competing stories about what actually happened with that song and like how it actually took the form that it took. So I would I would like to see what the actual process was. Be able to squash the the conflict. Over who actually started what, what, how, who on Born in the USA. And also you kind of get all of the, like, I guess in that case, you, you kind of get to be a fly on the wall when, um, when, uh, when, when Bruce Springsteen had the, that conversation with, um, uh, Ron Kovic. Oh, that's right. He, uh, it was based off of Born on the 4th of July. Yeah, we didn't, even talk, we didn't even talk about that <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, so I would say just for that, and like in particular, because like that's a really hard, complicated story. And like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think that that's one of the most relatable things about it is Bruce Springsteen's whole thing is he fought really hard to avoid the draft. He like said he was gay. He did a bunch of stuff to like avoid the draft. And, um, what had occurred to him afterwards was somebody went in this place who died so that Bruce Springsteen could live, you know, like who got their fucking leg blown off. He didn't know. And then all of a sudden to be like sat down with Kovic and he had read born, born on the 4th of July. Like he'd bought it at like a drugstore or something like a bodega or whatever, you know? And I think it had really moved him in a way that was very uneasy and when he talked to Kovic about it, it was like an awareness of how 
in a lot of ways, he felt that he was unimportant, that he listened to the stories of all the people who had gone to war and not come back at all or came back with parts of them gone or just came back with horrific PTSD. And that's one of the most important things about Bruce Springsteen is that he didn't go, well, thank goodness I got to be a rock star, right? Or like, <laughs> thank like I, Tonight, I, thank right, God it's them instead of you. Right. <laughs> but like truly, and, and, uh, and also this notion, like someone else would go, well, I'm a rock star, therefore I'm more important. But Bruce's outlook on it was that he felt suddenly extremely insignificant by comparison to these guys that had gone off to die. And I think that that's a really important part of that story. I think that's part of what makes the song great. Um, if you know that, I think you you gain an extra appreciation for why he created it in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, like if you get to kind of witness that actual conversation, I think that that's a no brainer. Like that's an easy answer. I'll take Born in the USA if I get that part. Like that's to me like that sounds like such a deep, profound, moving conversation, like a life changer. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty unbeatable argument, I think. All right. I love being right. <laughs> uh question number three, a real weird one. Uh, Megan the Stallion's gonna get up to a night of hot girl shit. As she does. She's gonna get ready for it. She's got a playlist. She's listened to get ready for the said night of hot girl shit. One and only one of these two songs is gonna be on it. <laughs> Which one of these songs? I could make a case for both. I really could. Is is hot girl shit. I don't I mean my answer is neither. This is a real like neither of these really feel like hot girl shit songs. They're too I, serious. I would say both feel like hot girl shit songs. I mean very rarely do I say this is specifically hot boy shit, but kind of <laughs> kind of Yeah. Like, look, I don't I don't want to binary this. I don't want to, the two genders this, <laughs> but like if if there are two genders, some things are w- binary. If if one of the genders is Megan the Stallion, the other is Bruce Springsteen, right? Like those are two very opposite. Those are like two very like not. I'm sure they would get along, but like they're very different. I can't. The idea of Bruce Springsteen as hot girl shit is like. I mean, prove me wrong, Bruce. <laughs> Make me a hot girl shit anthem. That would be incredible. Neil, do the same. You should both try and see who comes out on top or or bottom in that case. Um, I feel like they both probably not do great, but may I be curious? But no, I don't. I think that my answer to this is it's a rare neither for me. I feel like Born in the USA is a pump up anthem for everyone, even the people he was insulting. So I feel like you can make that into hot girl shit. Boy, we're really so born in the USA is sweeping so far. Is what you tell me? It really me. is. Yeah. All right. Well, now for the fourth question, uh, most important question that we ask on the show—not just the most important question of the show, but the most important question I think that a human being can ask. Period. William Shatner, thespian, equestrian, singer. Sure, we're going to give it to him. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, which one of these songs must be shat upon? Born in the USA is almost a, a Shatner song already, it feels like. He could uh, do good things with Rockin' in the Free World, but Born in the USA just fits too perfectly, which is funny because he he wasn't born in the USA. 
No, and that's kind of why I, I give it to Rockin' in the Free World. It's just two. It's 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 two Canadians, two, <laughs> two 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 birds of a Canadian feather. Um, and also I just they're, I think they're that, also both cranky old men. Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's color colors on the street, red, white, and blue. People shuffling their feet. People sleeping on their shoes. Like that feels like a Shatnery lyric to me. Like people shuffling their feet. People sleeping in their shoes. Yeah, I. I mm-hmm. Hmm. But there's a warning side on the road ahead. <laughs> Actually, you're you're selling this on me. There's a lot of people saying we'd be better off dead. And 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 of course, him saying, "Don't feel like Satan, but I am to them." Is of course, tw- of course, he's thinking about Twitter. <laughs> Shatner being like, "Those people on Twitter don't like me." I'm just kidding. He doesn't really use Twitter. He's got somebody yeah. who tweets for him. Anyway. Uh, yeah, for me, it's Rocket on the Free World. I think that lyrically, that is, it's because it doesn't have economy of words because there's like so much. I think that like, oh man, Shatner can make such a meal out of it. It'd take forever, but boy, I'd go, I'd go on that journey. So it's, it's one, it's, it's one to three. It's Bruce Springsteen's game to lose. Todd, now that we've been fools for the last 50 some odd minutes. Let's let the people with brains in their heads have something to say. What do the listeners think? All right. Guy with head writes, I'd like to cast my third party vote for America. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> America. All right, fuck sure. yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. let's, let's cancel the entire episode. Forget it. We don't need, <laughs> we, never mind. Don't why you, you listened to this episode and it was a waste. America. Fuck. Yeah. Is the winner. All right. Apocalypse. Then writes, Bruce's anger sounds like a man shedding a single tear while watching the American flag get torn apart by a strong wind and contemplating the deeper meaning of what this means for the country he loves. Neil's anger sounds like anger. Neil wins. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. Yerpel writes, I went Neil Young since Springsteen's shit. Springsteen's shtick is basically heteronormative queen. There's a puzzled look on Lena's face. As she uh, muses on this, I have to consider it. I don't. Th- <laughs> I, I don't think I can answer that with a yes or a no right away. I think I see it or hear it. I guess, but I'll have to think about it. I'll get back to you. All right, Robert Boy Genius writes. I just assume Neil Young is actually a real hobo who wa- who rants and walks around L.A. about how the government is putting chemicals in the water, and the music video is just them following him around. It seems I mean, weirdly plausible. He's right. Until he starts talking about chemtrails, he's right. <laughs> All right. Don't start singing about chemtrails, Neil. All right. Aaron Westaway writes, I didn't hear Rockin' in the Free World on the radio for years and kept forgetting to look it up. So because of the notes were similar enough in my head, I would follow the line, keep on rocking in the free world with Sia's ooh part from Wild Ones. Keep on rocking in the free world. Ooh. <laughs> It's weird. It, it's weird. It works. I hadn't thought of that. Bunker King writes, anyone that actually takes a drink when Lena mentions Jersey is in genuine danger. That's, well, no, actually, it could have gone a lot worse, I think. Yeah, we only did it, uh, you know, two or three times. Yeah, I talked I talked more about my grandmother than I did about New Jersey this time. I don't think we're ever going to have to do a, Lena talks about her grandmother, take a drink. <laughs> but in this episode, you might have been in danger. And anyway. One last one. Gene Youngkin writes, this is just unfair. 
Bruce Springsteen owns blue-collar songs about America the same way Weird Al Yankovic owns parody songs about food. Well, I guess we're going to find out. How Was it unfair? All right. You, when I, when, I, when I threw this one at you, you thought it was unfair. Do you still think it's unfair? Do you think, what do you think it turned well, out the thing, as? The thing is that, like, I think that Born in the USA has an unfair advantage because it is the more iconic song. But I would like to think that Rockin' in the Free World gave it a run for its money. But it's really going to boil down to... Uh, how how good is our fan base, Todd? That's the real question. How right. close this race is depends on how much respect I have for you, the listener. <laughs> That's not true. But yeah. all right. All right. The actual total. For a total of 498 to 256. That's a 66-34 split. And even two-thirds. I was born in the USA. And, you know, that's a, you know, it's a decent. He didn't get blown out. No, it, was, sh- it really it really should have been close to 50-50 though, I think. And <laughs> and again, I mean my 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 preference is for Neil Young, for sure. Um I just think again like it just has a movement that Born in the USA doesn't. Now, something I will say before this episode wraps. For those of you who watch Todd's videos as they come out, I would like to heartily recommend, of course, that you watch his train record on uh, Ringo the Fourth. However, I would also like to recommend that you listen to Ringo the Fourth because I think Ringo the Fourth is good. Actually, that's an insane take. I, that is an absolutely insane take. I think that history is going to bear me out. I think if people actually gave it a shot, they would appreciate it. I like Ringo's weird voice on it. I like how like husky it gets. I I like a lot of that album, and I I don't really know how to explain it other than I think that if you listen, if you watch it, if you watch a Todd video like a Train record, and just go that record must be bad. You're probably going to come out being correct more often than not. However, this is a rare instance wherein. Todd brought up this album. I thought I've never actually listened to Ringo the Fourth before. I sat down and listened to it and was like, I'm vibing to this. That is I like bizarre. This. That is bizarre. It has okay. Whatever. Hey, I'm if gonna you buy liked, it on LP and listen to it all the time. If you liked this our show, please give us a good review. Please give us some money on Patreon. If you give us a lot of money, you can suggest a movie for us to watch. This uh, this month we are watching the Muppet movie. Yes, and also, by the way, in 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 many months in the past, somebody has tried to get people to vote for trans, which is the, the no, no, no. corresponding human, human oh, highway, human, human highway. But like that's sort of like the similar Neil movie. <clears throat> I would say that like trans. If you get if if they bring that up again and we watch it. I promise that we will also listen to trans and talk about it in that episode. That's a, that's a, that's a promise from me to you. And if you can't uh, if you can't support us financially, just give us a five star review and listen to Ringo the Fourth. All right, you ready for the next episode? Ooh, uh, yeah, I guess so. I I kind of wanted to call an audible and do one of my own because I keep threatening it, but 
Uh, you if know you've what? got I'm one a, that I'm you a, feel really strongly about what, uh, doing something for the first one of July. I don't, actually. I'm going to... I I was going to throw an audible myself on something I had picked. So I was going to throw an audible myself. But, like, you know what? You surprised me. Okay, so this is a thing that I have been saying I thought we should do forever. And as it happens, I was at a friend's birthday party. I encountered, in real life, they do exist, Todd, a fan of the show. And I told them an episode that I said that we would be doing maybe even very soon. And they were absolutely delighted at the prospect. And so we are going to do Battle of the Ska cover songs. At long last, we are going to do Real Big Fish's cover of AHA's Take On Me versus Save Ferris's cover of Dexie's Midnight Runner's Come On Eileen. I feel like Don't you Scott regret is- Don't you regret putting me in the driver's seat? You know, I've I've thrown weird ones at you. And really, I've always wanted to do a ska one, and it feels like ska mostly existed to do cover songs of 80s new wave classics. So There's this is like more listen- appropriate than any other ska thing we could make. I could come up with so many other good ska matchups, but I think that if you're going to do ones that people had really genuinely actually heard of most people have heard these two for sure. And uh, it's also like weirdly, I I could have just sold it not as a Scott cover crossover. We could have literally just done Take On Me versus Come On Eileen, I think. It's, could have done a period. But the Scott cover, I think, is the thing that really makes it work. <laughs> All right. We're doing it. Woo! All right. So long. Bye. Bye. Bye.